Welcome to the Tech Legal Matters podcast by iAfrican Radio. Since 2015, we at iAfrican.com have been doing research and publishing about significant data breaches and leaks across Africa. Some we have reported on publicly, while others were too sensitive and we simply notified the relevant authorities without publicly reporting on them. During the same period, we have also researched and reported extensively on cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection-related matters across Africa. What we have always observed is that not many people and organizations understand the legal implications of the various technologies that they use. In this podcast, we will explore these topics and more, with a specific focus on the intersection of technology and the law, how that affects you as an individual, but also from a business perspective. New episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast will be broadcast every Friday. The podcast will also feature analysis, insights, and commentary from attorneys who specialize in information and communications technology law. My name is Defo Mohapi, and I will be your host. This episode of the Tech Legal Matters podcast is a recording from the World Cybersecurity Summit, Africa Edition 2020. The event was successful in bringing in fresh narratives, innovative ideas and awareness on key areas such as cyber threat intelligence, data governance, data privacy and cyber relations across Africa. Also, once again, thanking our sponsors, Platinum Sponsor, East Vantage, our gold sponsor, Know Before, our PR partner, Palorma International Limited, and our podcast partner, iAfrican. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to dwell into tools, trust, and tactics. This stream takes a deep drive into all the relevant tools, technologies required to create a robust, trusted framework for sectors of economy. Well, for our cross-industry panel discussion on cyber security trends for enterprises in 2020, we're looking at covering creating effective endpoint security strategies, cyber threat management, establishing zero trust security framework to protect enterprise data, and the impact of coronavirus on cyber security. For this, we've got our speakers. First up, Ezekiel. Mukanga, the head of information technology, Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. Ezekiel was instrumental on the automated trading project as well as on the debt market project. Prior to joining ZSC, Ezekiel uh, worked as a senior systems engineer with 7C Seven Seas Technology Kenya as well as the consultant with the 23rd Century Systems and has done ICT projects in Kenya, Zambia, Ethiopia, and Zimbabwe. We also have Hisham Mohammad Ali, Chief Information Security Officer, Emirates NBD, Egypt. Uh, well, Hisham is a ITU cybersecurity expert, uh, UN organization member in Blockchain Committee, Central Bank of Egypt, CB, public speaker, blockchain expert, fintech expert, IoT expert. Hisham has achieved four global awards, CISO of the Year, Arab Security Conference 2018, CISO of the Year at the IDC 2019, CISO Rising Star Arab Security Conference 2019. Sham also delivers cybersecurity trainings on different occasions and events. Also, we have uh, Peter Hunguru, the Head of Information, Communication and Technology Zimbabwe National Road Administration Zimbabwe. Peter is a holder of Masters in uh, Business Administration from the National and University of uh, Science and Technology amongst several industry-wide uh, certification and accreditations from PMI, Cisco, ITIL, and Oracle, amongst several other vendors. 
Peter has 12 plus years in the ICT industry with a proven track record in delivering systems, automation, project management, cybersecurity, and digital transformation. We also have Fahim Ali, the Chief Risk Officer, Musoni Kenya, joining us. Fahim, an expert of uh, digital transformation and financial inclusion, risk compliance, and internal controls. With 13 years of experience, his expertise includes formulation of strategic plan, drive digital innovation, and transformation amongst uh, businesses for inclusion of finance, qualitative market research, and data analytics to understand customers' need, scoping and segmentation, product development, institutional diagnostics, channel design, process reengineering, and trainings. This entire panel discussion is going to be moderated by Daniel Adara Mola, the Chief Information Security Officer, Unity Bank PLC, Nigeria. Well, Daniel, in the last 10 years, has been responsible for strategy formulation and security assurance for three different financial institutions and one PSP. Span of responsibilities, over six countries, 20 million plus uh, global clients, a total of $120 million uh, US in USD in annual revenue and combined assets of over $600 million. So over to the incredible panel and thank you so much uh, for all of you to join us. Uh, Daniel, over to you for moderating it further. Thank you so much, Ivana. Um, thank you for the kind introduction and also doing justice to um, the presentation so far. You're doing a fantastic work. Thank you so much. And also to you know our audience globally, I understand that we have um, participants from all over Africa. That's quite impressive. So I'm reaching you on behalf of my esteemed co-panelists, you know, all the, I mean, everyone from Accra, Ghana, everyone from Joburg in South Africa, from Zimbabwe, the region especially. I also understand that we have um, people, uh, participants from India, from Malaysia, from Saudi, Saudi Arabia and Oman. Thank you so much for joining. So we plan to make this as rich as possible, as interactive as possible. Uh, it's gonna be a knowledge session. The gentlemen you know, I have on the panel, they come with several years of experience. So they're gonna bring their experience to the fore and um, we will do justice to the topic. So the topic we are discussing today is about cybersecurity trend for the enterprise in 2020. I would like to say 2020 and beyond because um, the, the world is fast transforming by reason of um, cybersecurity. Um, so I would just um, allow each of my esteemed co-panelists to just um, say a word about their expectation about this um, discussion. Um, I will start from um, Peter, what are your expectations for this discussion? Just um, in 30 seconds. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me to the Cybersecurity Summit. I think my expectations really is, uh, is for 2020 and beyond, as you have exactly said, because uh, these hackers' uh, threats are with us and they are here to stay. We need to have a strategy to ensure that we protect our enterprise environments. That's my expectation. That's very super. And you know, one of the things that we're doing more in Africa today is we're collaborating more. And that's the idea of this session where we have um, 
you know, experienced um, people like you and the other gentlemen on this call to share from their experience and, um, you know, see how we can move forward. So, uh, Isham, 30 seconds, what are your expectations this? Thanks, Daniel. This is a very important topic. And as you mentioned, um, as, as our threats are getting more and more sophisticated these days, so how to be more collaborative and how to share the knowledge and information between uh, our sides in order to be proactive and, and to have some precaution measures and to change our mentality and our uh, strategy uh, from reactive to a proactive security approach. This mandates for us to be more collaborative and, and to share the knowledge between all the countries uh, in Africa. So this is my expectation regarding this session today. Thank you. That's super. You know, you mentioned something about changing behavior. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, a conference like this do. After the discussion, beyond just the knowledge, there are some culture change you may want to imbibe. And that's very important. Thank you so much, Ishan. Um, I'll hand over to Fahim. Uh, just in 30 seconds, what are your expectations for this piece? Thank you, my captain. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, event today. And uh, I think that the overall expectations from this session is uh, quite different from all of us. You see, after the world is, uh, the, after the virus, the world will be quite different. And uh, whether the pandemic does last weeks, I hope it will be not years. And uh, everything will remain, uh, you know, unchanged in this COVID-19. And uh, how we start with this coronavirus, with the customer's demand, the customer's demands are changing again and again, which also comes with risk. And the risk always being discussed in the number of areas, which is, you know, cloud risk, cloud security risk, endpoint risk. So definitely we will discuss more on this panel discussions. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Fahim. Thank you so much for that brief. Uh, I appreciate your, you know, your view of it. Thank you so much. So Ezekiel. How are you doing? Good to see you. So tell us in 10 seconds, what are your expectations? I think where we are as Africa is we want to have solutions. And I think when we speak of solutions as a continent, we are looking at the cyber threats and the cyber risks that are so true and real. And I think from this same session and from this panel, I think we'll be able to share solutions which we can actually implement in our different situations and environments and uh, make the world more secure in terms of uh, computer equipment and stationary and everything that has to do with the environment. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Ezekiel. You know, somebody was asking me a question, is it from my perspective, um, in the, the life cycle of people, process, and technology, which one do I consider the most important when it comes to cybersecurity? And in my opinion, and I feel people, because um, without the people, you can't power the technology. Without the people, you can't run the process. And that's why that collective knowledge that we all share together it makes a great deal, you know, in um, advancing cybersecurity in Africa. So I welcome you all again, and thank you. We're going to make this as rich as possible, as interesting as possible, and as interactive as possible. So I, I want to uh, ask the audience, as we make the discussion, if you have questions, we're going to take some of your questions. Just send it through the chat line. Um, we'll be happy to take some some of them along the line of our discussion. All right, so I'll go to the discussion area now. We have four major discussion area. The first one uh, is around endpoint security. Because we're talking about cybersecurity trend for the enterprise in 2020 and beyond. 
So we're going to be looking at endpoint security. Also, we'll talk about cyber threat uh, management. You know, how do we enable early identification of threats? I think that's very, that's actually very key. That's a proactive way to cyber security, not just reactive. How do you enable early identification of threats? The second area has to do with zero trust. Um, you agree with me that we have a borderless enterprise today. Um, data is everywhere. Somebody says data is pervasive. So that's why that element is actually very key in our discussion today. And lastly, we'll look at post-COVID-19 impact of cyber, impact of COVID-19 pandemic on cybersecurity. So that's the four areas we're going to be looking at today and we expect it's going to be very interactive. So I will go straight to the first question, which, um, you know, borders around endpoint security. Now the question is this, what challenge, excuse me, what challenge would you consider the most pressing for the security of endpoints? You know, you know, there are several risks around endpoints. Um, from your view, what is the most pressing when it comes to endpoint security? And by the way, endpoints are not just only your laptop. Endpoints are not only your desktop. Endpoint includes the mobile application that we use on a day-to-day -day basis. Endpoint includes the IoT device that gets connected on the internet. The endpoint could include the cameras that you have, you know, so those are endpoints. So the question is, what challenge would you consider the most pressing for security of endpoints? Considering the threat to privacy, data everywhere, last mile connectivity, man in the middle risk, and also vulnerabilities. So I will leave it to my esteemed panelists to share their view. Anybody that wants to take a point can start. Well, I can start from uh, my point of view. As you said, Daniel, um, the most challenging part that we are considering that endpoints are especially concentrated on uh, desktops and laptops and computers. But unfortunately, endpoints are getting more and more sophisticated these days, especially in IoT environment or Internet of Things. Um, this industry or, or these devices, uh, when all the manufacturers are getting to uh, Internet of Things or getting to transform their uh, devices uh, into uh, digitalization or into uh, connecting to the Internet, they didn't take into consideration the part of cybersecurity. So... Uh, these are the weakest points now uh, for endpoint management. And unfortunately, uh, from our uh, security strategy or from our security implementation, uh, we usually concentrate our effort and our security effort on how to secure our uh, endpoints in terms of laptops and desktops. And we didn't take these parts like printers, like the IoT, as you said, like the mobiles, uh, like we are doing now some sort of bring your own devices policy, so how to secure uh, these parts. So this is my point of view regarding uh, the endpoint management and the endpoint security. Uh, I'm not going through the, how to apply uh, endpoint security on traditional devices. We may all know uh, how to apply this uh, security maturity level, but we should take into consideration in the next few years how to expand our knowledge into the endpoint in terms of all the devices that are we dealing with. Thank you. 
That's super. Um, let me ask um, uh, Fahim, you know, concerning the issue of privacy, you know, what do you think? Um, should that be, is that a major challenge? Fahim. Well, can I take that as well? Maybe to add on to the discussion? Okay, I think uh, in terms of privacy and the issues to do with uh, endpoint security, I think this is more of uh, an individual. It's, it's, it's the people that really play the most important role. Because when you speak of these are uh, devices, endpoint devices, be it mobile, be it desktops, be it laptops, be it MacBooks, or whatever it is, I think the first level of security has to be around the individual, the person people, because we are speaking of uh, login credentials, uh, the sharing of passwords, uh, things to do with how sensitive data is handled by an individual at personal level. So you find that processes and procedures all come through to support the individual. And I think that one of the most important things is that the people have to have the knowledge and they have to be aware the risks that are available, how to handle them, mitigate them, prevent, or even how we can minimize the effects on them. So I think people play, play a very pivotal role in endpoint devices. Those are my submissions, Daniel. You know, you have a very good point because um, um, a colleague of mine, a senior colleague of mine in the industry was asking me a question. Now that we have a laptop being used all around in the coffee shop at home and all of that, um, should we now restart, you know, a different level of education from the end user. And that's very pertinent what you mentioned. People are actually very key in that chain. Uh, that's very key. Um, any other thoughts from um, my same panelists on the endpoint security? Any other person? Uh, let me say something, Peter. Uh, oh, sorry, okay. Daniel, let me say something. Okay, so I think that endpoint security first comes with the recent development, especially on the how to maintain, first of all, the endpoint security once the staff are working remotely, uh, especially in this period of time. So as an, as an organization, first of all, what exactly they need to do, especially on the endpoint security. Number one, uh, do, need, do they need to establish the cybersecurity policy uh, where the endpoints will be the basic areas? Set up the two FA, the two-factor authentication, uh, use of U, uh, VPN once they are working from home. Uh, setup of the firewalls uh, at the machines or use of the antivirus softwares, uh, how they are taking the backups, because even if it is, you know, the securities will be breached, how they will maintain the backup once they are working from home, especially their employees. Uh, lock out the phishing emails, uh, you know, the sites, as we have discussed in the know before also, how the phishing emails are attracting, you know, as in the major area on endpoint security. And the encrypted communication, this is also number one area where the cybersecurity people and the risk people actually need to focus more. Uh, now, let me uh, ask also from the other people, as all of these areas, are we ready on this one? Uh, I'm sure the answers will be very few. Uh, and now imagine this endpoint security, how risky it is at the, at the end user point. And this is what we really need to work because the data which we are using at the cloud or even at the, at the site is the key area which we need to all focus. Daniel? Yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. That's a, a good insight into it. It's very key because that's where we really start from. Uh, you know, we use the endpoint to connect to the internet and that same endpoint connects to the service. 
um, it's quite important that the endpoint security be maintained. But what's your view about endpoint vulnerabilities, uh, given the fact that um, uh, things like IoT cameras, uh, they don't operate like your desktop, mobile also, because today we're having more of mobile you know, gaps. So what's your view about mobile and also IoT device when it comes to vulnerabilities? What's your view about it? Anybody can take it. Yeah, okay, uh, Daniel. For that, I think I also have to add on to what Fahim has said. You realize that uh, previously, all our things were in the network perimeter. Our threats were coming from outside. So it was easier to just protect our internal infrastructure because all the endpoints were in the internal network. But now you're talking about the IOTs and that's where the vulnerability is coming from. It's different manufacturers and the, the speed of them uh, producing and implementing those devices. And then the lagging of the security aspect is very, very uh, worrying. It's, it's really a worrying trend. Previously with the manufacturers, you'd have your patch management intact and you would patch those to correspond with the risks that are in the environment. But right now it's really difficult to, to, to keep up. But then what Fahim has said, you have to implement those encryption, those two-factor authentication to ensure that at least you have that, uh, that protection. So I think that is my submission, that you have to really hammer the point that the users have to ensure that they use logins, they don't share passwords the communication is encrypted. If it's a VPN, you encrypt that uh, communication links. I think without those things, it would be difficult to really say you're 100% safe. Thank you so much, Peter, and thank you, Fahim. Thank you, Ezekiel. Your view on that is fantastic. Mention two factors, authentication and encryption. Those are actually key when it comes to you know, the front end. And um, I believe that uh, users, uh, they're taking home, you know, something important in that respect. So I will go to the next question. The next question has to do with cyber threat management. Now I have um, statistics, statistics here, and this coming from Checkpoint. I'm sure we all know Checkpoint. Checkpoint is one of the global uh, provider when it comes to mobile and cloud security. Now, based on Checkpoint's intelligence, Checkpoint actually mentioned that uh, on the average, you know, every week, you know, an African, you know, um, organization, okay, let me put it the way they mention it. An organization in Africa is being attacked on the average 1,202 times per week. On the average, every week. And they go ahead to mention that 66% of malicious files in Africa were delivered via email. So my question is, what is the place of cyber threat management? That is early detection of threats. You know, how can we leverage that to actually, you know, um, reduce our attack surface, be more proactive when it comes to cybersecurity? What's your view of cyber threat management? Anybody from the panel is free to take this. Okay, thank you, Daniel. So. What comes to mind, or my views on this, is um, there are two issues to these things, two main keys. It's um, is that they're going to prevent, or you're going to detect. 
And what comes first is always an issue which has to be looked at. So when I look at uh, what we can do is, I think it comes back to monitoring, basic monitoring. It comes back to the important facets like user training and user management. You spoke about email that may come through carrying viruses and stuff like that. And upon downloading, you can actually install malware that can actually bring down the entire system. Or even they end up even calling for, for ransomware. Uh, I, I was reading over the um, last few two days ago, uh, it's, it's quite worrying that one of the biggest exchanges in the world is actually down for the past three days. There is denial of service. They cannot function. It's so big. And uh, all the CISO or the heads of IT are, are saying is that uh, this is something that we're looking at to tell you imminently when the, when the, the solution comes through. And you, you, you tend to think deep and you try to look at the practical solutions and whereby we, as an institution or maybe in Africa as such, we're supposed to be looking at solutions to mitigate, to reduce, to prevent, and at least to detect these attacks before they come on board. So I think it's more on um, how we handle these things, how we look at them and how we address them. So that's what comes to mind and maybe my fellow panelists can also add on to this. That's true. The life cycle of monitoring, detection, and prevention actually very key. You know, so what? Let me ask others. What's your thoughts about cyber threat management and detection? Anybody else? Your view of it? How do we prevent early or detect early more like? Daniel, regarding this part, uh, also I, I need to tackle it from other point of view. Uh, threat management is very important now because, as we mentioned in, in, in the session from the beginning, uh, as you may know that all the attacks are getting now more and more sophisticated. And by the way, uh, from the attackers themselves, they are sharing the knowledge between uh, the attackers uh, each other. So uh, sharing the knowledge between us, it's now a mandatory because uh, the attacks are getting uh, more and more uh, in, in a sophistication level, as I, as I said. And other part we need to think about it is how to, uh, to think about using the new trending technologies that we hear about in terms of threat intelligence and threat prevention. For example, we can use uh, artificial intelligence and, and machine learning to enrich our, uh, our fraud prevention solutions, for example. Uh, we can use uh, some sort of trending technologies like blockchain in securing the transaction as per uh, I'm from financial background, by the way. So yeah. this part can be handled from uh, the encryption algorithms that are using uh, blockchain. So yeah. we, we need to change our mentality. We need to change the way we think. We need to, to think some sort of proactive, as my colleagues uh, said, because uh, that's how to uh, uh, prevent and uh, uh, minimize the attacks that we are dealing nowadays. Thank you. That's super, Ishan. Thank you so much. New technology is actually very key. I mean, gone are the days when we're talking about signature-based signature malware control. You know, cybersecurity has gone past that. You know, we're looking at heuristics, AI, to actually, you know, learn about the environment and ensure that we have the best when it comes to early detection. But lastly, Still around cyber threat management, really. Um, are there any best practices you've seen when it comes to data-driven awareness of cyber threats, where we're leveraging data to actually provide effective early detection 
and prevention. Maybe you have use cases, particular use cases, experience that you've seen. Anybody can take this. Data driven, in which we're leveraging data, you know, to ensure. I mean, there, there are several platforms, um, you know, for reason of uh, not marketing for them. There are several platforms in which you know we look at. We, we use data, global threat intelligence platform. Maybe you have experience on your workplace, or that you can provide anybody in that regard. Uh, Daniel, it's very important at the first to, to know the data flow of our systems. Uh, where is the data? Where is our data? Uh, we need to list all the places and all, the, uh, and all the, the systems that are storing or processing or transmitting uh, our data. And this is a very important step for uh, identifying uh, where the threat will come from. Uh, other issue, uh, if we are dealing with uh, any service providers or any third party, and, and there is a communication between, uh, between us. It's very important also to test the encryption or the security maturity level that are happening between me and between the service provider or the third party. Um, as, as, as I said, it's a, it's a defense in depth module. Uh, we have some sort of preventive controls and detective controls. And at the end of the day, we have some sort of information security governance translated into policies and procedures and network security. Uh, all these levels, when they are clear and when they are identified, this will help the threat management process to be smooth and easy and to be applied very smoothly. Thank you. Super, Ishan. Thank you so much. Nice one. Um, so we'll go to the next question, the third question. We're talking about the next question relates to zero trust security. That means how do we establish zero trust security framework? Um, the question is, what is zero trust? Because you could, uh, some of our participants could be wondering, they've heard about the term zero trust, zero trust. What really is zero trust? Okay, I will just give an overview of what zero trust security is. Zero trust security is an IT security model that requires strict identity verification for every person, device, services, trying to access resources on the private network, regardless of whether they are sitting within the enterprise or outside the network perimeter. I'll take that again. Zero Trust Security is an IT security model that requires strict identification, identity verification for every person, you know, every device, that means everything grabbing IP, services, trying to access resources on our private network, regardless of whether they're sitting within or outside the network perimeter. So my question is, given the fact that data is everywhere, so where is the perimeter? So how do we leverage zero trust, considering the threat of data is everywhere and the borderless enterprise? How do we protect enterprise data and prevent unauthorized access to the network? I'll leave the question open to my esteemed panelists. Quite interesting question. Thank you, Daniel. Maybe I'll look into that. See, when we speak of zero trust, as the name says, we can't trust anyone in the network in terms of devices and everything. So what comes to mind now is to ensure that our firewalls are in place and they've got the latest patches and upgrades and they're up to speed to, to be, in terms of protection. 
you have to now authenticate everything be it two-factor authentication you think of things of items that are around vpns whatever you're doing has to be private the moment it becomes private it means that there's a form of trust uh, issues you're trying to, to minimize so that it's a vpn and it's a private connection to where you're dialing into in terms of system things to do with yeah. encryptions as well the data has to be encrypted who is getting what and the levels the access levels, the domains themselves the active directory things to do of where we, we there's accountability who did what we avoid now repudiation at the end of the day so we look at this whole things that i think are in zero trust it's quite important to ensure that the framework really is robust and whatever is happening inside the network is authenticated in their trust and with trusted devices within the, the network that what comes to mind that's very impressive ezekiel thank you so much for that view that's super peter what do you think okay um for example what we have uh, already started implementing this zero trust architecture in our network is um for every devices that needs to access the network we use um, its mac address to authenticate it to our network so any resource that a device requires on our firewalls and um, other security appliances we ensure that it is authenticated using its mac addresses and only accesses the resources that it should access so we have already started implementing some of those uh, zero trust architecture. You know, that, that's quite impressive because um, you, you could use IP. What question is you could have rogue IP, you could have some other device trying to, you know, you know, use the same IP. What question is if you stamp it with the MAC address, it gives a second, you know, uh, layer identity. Coupled with the fact that you know you're going beyond IP or MAC address, which is at the second second layer, you know, first layer in this case in, in, in the OSI model, you could include the fact that okay, there's a service beyond that IP that needs to run. So if that service is not profiled to run based on your baseline, you don't trust this. Now there's a user that runs that service, whether an interactive user or maybe an application. If that service or application is not meant to run, you don't allow it. So and that's where the case of first of all baselining your environment comes in. One of the things I do in my environment is to ensure that security is done from the infrastructure level. Everything needs to be accounted for. There shouldn't be any rogue activity. Everything that is grabbing the network must have a profile. Without a profile in place, you ain't coming in. What's your view, Fayem? Yes, I think I think let me let me give you the implementation areas of zero trust. Uh, the number one is that we need to first draft or we need to first sit and and do the the architecture of the zero trust implementation. Yeah. So the number one area is uh, utilization and or utilize micro segmentation in your network, which is more important, for example, like files living in the single data center, uh, how it is going in the in the dozens or, you know, in the secure zones. The number two, I'm just going fast. The number two is actually the multi, uh, you know, multi uh, use multi factors authentication. Now, two factor authentication is fine, but in zero trust, you need to use, you know, uh, multi factor authentications to combine the zero trust, which is on more of your ATM cards, smart cards, mobile phones, you know, 
uh, pins, patterns, and all that. So which is more secure, uh, you know, from the 2FA. Then again, mm -hmm. your POLP, which is implementing the principle or least privilege. Uh, you know, POLP, we always says how it will work. Uh, in the job, in the other words, it also says that privileging unnecessary or necessary, you know, allowing the people. And validating all the endpoint security at the one end and then allowing user to use it, you know, uh, or to secure your devices, especially verifying your devices in the areas of organization where the endpoints is securing all the internal or external, you know, security requirements. Daniel? You know, that's, that's very interesting what you mentioned. You know, you mentioned something about segmentation. Um, even when you have a private network, which you consider secure, it's actually very important for you to see scope the environment, you know. For example, one of the days in which, you know, um, we have a flat network, it doesn't happen no more. <laughs> Because even um, I run in the financial service sector, which I'm required to do PCI DSS. Without, with a flat network, you ain't moving nowhere. So most organizations, particularly in the financial service sector, the minimum you could have when it comes to network segmentation, I mean, it depends on your environment. I particularly have several. Because the environment that manages my management zone is different from the environment that manages my data zone. You understand? So what you mentioned, Farim, is actually very, very key. Thank you for that point. All right, so we go to the last question. Um, are there any other points on Zero Trust before we move ahead? All right, super. Um, I will just move to the last um, point here. Um, the last question has to do with um, post-COVID-19, the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on cybersecurity. Now, before we move to the last question, I'm sure we have questions. Bavana, are there questions from our esteemed um, audience? Are there any questions already? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel, currently I haven't, I'm not seeing the questions, but I will uh, request the audience to send it because we're just about to wrap up. So just allow me a minute. Uh, as if now on the Q&A, there aren't any. Daniel. Okay. So we'll go to the last question. We'll go to the last question. The last question I have here is uh, on post-COVID-19. The impact of the pandemic on cybersecurity. So I'm going to ask each of my esteemed panelists, what's your view? of the impact of the pandemic on cybersecurity. How has the, res has the response to COVID-19 increased cyber risk? I'll leave it for, for my panelists. Okay, great question. Maybe I'll take that. Yeah. From your question, uh, whether we, we have to face it, post uh, COVID-19, things are not going to be the, the same. I'll look more from a Zimbabwean context. So you realize that uh, the issue of remote from home policies and the issues of working from home, we have never previously. So as a people, we now realize that there's need to ensure that security is, is implemented because now we are going to be working from home and it's going to be real. And we're speaking of uh, the processes, the procedures, the policies in, in place to ensure that this become secure. Now imagine now previously, maybe somebody would have to come through to the office, maybe was making use of a desktop, would know that the data is secure because it is in the office, it is in the secure location. Now maybe the data is now being handled on a mobile device. And this person may be using public transport. In Kenya, I know you call them Matatu, and then maybe here we call them combis. Imagine that that device is stolen or is lost. And if these issues of cybersecurity are not 
carefully looked into, the next thing is we'll have information in the wrong hands. So these are the issues around this uh, pandemic, and these are real issues, and we need to have solutions to them. Over to you. Thank you so much, Ezekiel. Peter, any, uh, Peter Fahim, Isham, any view? Just your, your view of post-COVID-19 in a minute yeah, or two. This is a very important question, uh, question, Daniel, because we are living in, in this current pandemic now. Uh, I think there is many factors that we, we need to take it into consideration now in our game. For example, as my colleague said, uh, this is the biggest uh, part in our planet now for working from home, for example. So what about working from home security? Are we applying all the security controls uh, to ensure that we maintain same security maturity level since they are uh, in, in their head office? like we are, we, we, uh, they have now in, in the home. Uh, the Wi-Fi security, for example, uh, home Wi-Fi's are, are not having same security maturity level like in our enterprises. So how to mitigate something like that? Physical security part is also very important. Uh, from the other side, in the current pandemic, phishing attacks are massively increased. So how to deal with this phishing attacks? Uh, also, uh, my colleagues mentioned the vulnerability management and the endpoint security and all these parts will be managed by uh, applying patches and applying security patches for the operating system and the third party application. So are we able to deliver these security patches when our colleagues and our staff are working from home now with same speed and same connectivity? These questions need to be tackled. And as you said, Daniel, in, in the first part of the session, uh, we will get back to the cornerstones of information security, people, process, and technology. And the most important part is definitely people. How to raise the awareness level for these staff, how to increase the security awareness and increase the learning curve for these staff. My advice is to deliver for them some sort of security tips for working from home on a regular basis to have some sort of e-learning module uh, to, to be uh, applied in, in their homes. This will help, uh, help us to bypass this current pandemic without any attacks and without any uh, hacks. Thank you. Daniel, um, you are muted. Daniel, you're on mute. Could you unmute yourself, please? Okay, I'm out of now, so sorry about that. Yes. Any last word from Peter or Fine? Just in, in, in a minute, 60 seconds. Okay, I think um, my contribution on the COVID-19, yeah, I, I think the real issue really comes down now to those uh, phishing, ransomware, and malware. Because now there's easy entrance into our endpoints. Remember, people will be working from home, maybe the children will be downloading stuff uh, for over the internet. So I think there is now a major threat. Hmm. They are now vulnerable, those things. So it's a matter of then trying to come up with uh, uh, antivirus softwares, malware softwares, anti-malware softwares, I mean, to ensure that these are also protected. Thank you so much. Brian. Yes, quickly. Words? Yes, quickly, yeah. Daniel. Uh, I think largely it is covered, but I will just say that uh, just see your core banking system, your DFAs, your digital field applications, which is tablets and all that the organizations are using. Uh, because in this pandemic, people also use the government agencies to send the phishing, you know, emails, uh, malware attacks and all that, which you need to be very careful on this, uh, you know, uh, attacks so that you are covering 
more of your you know cloud security especially in this covid thank you daniel thank you thank you vana are we allowed to take any question one or one or two questions from the uh, audience yeah yeah uh, daniel i just received one more question from the q and a uh, tab and uh, we can take that it's all about how does the organization and employees private sector provider collaborate on issue of offering security as work from home continues that's one question Jan daniel if you could direct that to your panel please okay i'll take that again i think i'm seeing the questions how does the organization and employee private service provider collaborate on issues of offering security as work from home continues that means collaboration from the organization the organization and employee so uh, from the esteemed panelists do you have um, an answer to that collaboration how do we enhance collaboration from the organi organization and the employee private service provider ezekiel do you have uh, a thought on that uh, in terms of organizations and employees um I think the collaboration is much of you no. Know, the organization is an institute, and the people, employees, are individuals. So I think the, 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 you cannot differentiate the two because it is the employees that make up the organization. So there's need to come up with policies. You need to have procedure manuals. You need also to train the people on how best to access and make use of the organizational infrastructure. So I think in terms of uh, this uh, security, offering security from home, I think the the, the organization can train the people they can also install different mechanisms like antiviruses on endpoints to ensure that they are secure from face level attack and also to give them the necessary credentials beta maybe fingerprint face recognition to try and minimize and ensure that we try to be as secure as much as possible those are my submissions done okay we need to end here um, that's ezekiel ezekiel is the head of it zimbabwe stock exchange Ezekiel, thank you so much for your thoughts. And also on the call, of course, I have my good friend, Isham. Isham is a CISO of um, the Emirates NPD in Egypt. Thank you, Isham, for your views and contribution. And of course, to my friend from Kenya, that's uh, Mr. Fahim, uh, the gentleman. I like your background, very good background. <laughs> All right, Fahim is uh, the Chief Officer of Musoni in Kenya. And also my good friend from Zimbabwe, Mr. Peter Nguru. Uh, Peter Nguru is the head of um, ICT in Zimnara, Zimbabwe National Road Administration. And of course, myself, Daniel Adaramola from Nigeria. Um, I say thank you for your patience and um, for your time. I'm sure you consider this session a good learning point. Remember to tell your friends, family, and colleagues that the show is available to listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to head over to www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. That is www.iafrican.com forward slash radio and subscribe to get notified on new episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast and any other iAfrican radio shows. Stay safe on the web.